serving a great God, don't we guys? He loves you. He's called you out of darkness and into his light. He's got great plans for you. Father, we give you thanks and praise for your greatness. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. For you alone are worthy, Lord. Oh, we give you thanks, Lord. I thank you that anyone who brought a burden in with them this morning, it's going to be lifted. And Lord, you're going to touch their hearts. And Lord, we just thank you right now for speaking to us. my man. You are my creation made in my image. You are my mighty man, for I've given you my strength. I will help you overcome and I will lead you in the way that you should go. For I have chosen you and called you to myself, says the Lord. Someone say praise the Lord. Amen. I want to thank uh, Nelson and Devon and Gabriel and Sean and Josh and Stephen and Miss Dottie. Hallelujah. And I want to thank you guys for being here this morning. And uh, I just want to share something uh, before I introduce our special guest. 
And um, how many know that God gives us breakthrough moments? And uh, everything that we need to break through, we already have. You know what it is? You know what we already have that gives us an opportunity to break through? It's called the seed. Did you know seeds have an amazing breakthrough ability? They can break through concrete. They can break through ground. Right? And not only do they break through, but they multiply. And I want to just read something from uh, Genesis 26 about Isaac. It says, Now there was a famine in the land of Canaan, besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar, uh, to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. The Lord appeared to him and said, How many know God knows where you are? And he knows how to get in touch with you. There's no place that you can run from God. All right? He said, do not go down to Egypt. Because, you know, previously when there was a famine, Abraham went down to Egypt. So Isaac would have followed what his father did. Stay in the land of which I tell you. I mean, no, we've got to listen to God's voice. Live temporarily as a resident in the land. And here's the good thing. I will be with you. So, God will be with you where He tells you where to be. Okay? And I will bless you. How many of you like the blessing? Blessing is good, man. It causes overflow. And favor you. How many like God's favor? Say, I'm God's favorite. Yeah, we're all God's favorite. Amen? For I will give all these lands to you and to your descendants, and I will establish and carry the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heavens. I will give you descendants all I will give your descendants all these lands, and by your descendants all shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Did you know that God will use you to bless a nation? Think about that. He's telling one man that he's going to bless a nation. Nations. Right? But then he said, uh, because Abraham Listen to my listen to and obeyed my voice. That's the key. And consistently kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. He kept my word. Go down to verse twelve. And uh, after some time, Isaac planted. Everybody say he planted. What did he do? He put some seed in the ground. And. As a farmer, he reaped in the same year a hundred times as much as he planted. Never say a hundred times. Multiply a hundred times a dollar. Multiply a hundred times ten dollars. Right? And, uh, and he favored him. Then the man, now this is important, verse 13. The man Isaac became great. And gained more and more until he became very wealthy and extremely distinguished. Our motivation for acquiring is distribution. Okay? Notice he experienced three levels of increase. 
Alright? First of all, he became wealthy. Wasn't he already wealthy? Who was, who, who was his father? And he was Abraham's heir, right? He got all of Abraham's stuff. So, he was already wealthy, but he's getting his own revelation. He's not relying on his father's gifts. Okay? So, he became very wealthy. Well, let's say, okay, he became great and gained more and more. So, he gained more and more on top of what he had. Alright? And then thirdly, he became very wealthy. Everybody say very wealthy. You can have money and serve God. Amen? I, I used to say, if God will get it through you, God will get it to you. Amen? So, you know, we're, at, we're here at Barnabas Group. And I'm just giving you an opportunity to invest in the kingdom. And you can do that anytime. During the service, right? You can uh, put it in there or put it in there. If you make a check, make it out to VCF. If you want to go online, go to our website at vcfpa.org. And uh, I just give you an opportunity, amen? And everybody say, no pressure. You know, giving, I'm not here to squeeze anything out of you, right? But we have an opportunity. I've already put my seed in the container because I'm doing this. And uh, that's the freedom, you know, anytime during the service. So, Father, I just give you thanks and praise for these guys who have came here today, Lord, who have given up their time to partake of what you have for them. And I just call them blessed, Lord. I give you thanks and praise for your goodness. I thank you, Lord, for blessing every gift and giver in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're watching this online, you can go to our website and do that as well. Everybody said amen. You know, that didn't sound like too good of an amen. Are you guys awake this morning? Amen. Well, let me take this time to introduce our very special guest. Um, I had the privilege of uh, hearing him minister to uh, our minister's retreat. It was a couple years ago. Uh, he came to Pennsylvania. We had our retreat here. And uh, I tell you, I was just touched by his ministry, and uh, so we have Marvin Yoder with us. He grew up Old Order Amish. He drove a horse and buggy, and uh, I asked him, someone asked him if he said, do you like driving a horse and buggy? He said, yeah, for two minutes. (laughs) And he left his uh, family farm, an interesting story of how God raised a boy who was destined by man to never leave the farm to minister throughout the United States and other nations. How many know God can do great things? He served as Dean of Raymond Bible Training College and Dean of Christian uh, Training Institute, and now he serves as an instructor at Raymond Bible Training College. That's where I went, that's where Elliot went, and that's where Gabriel and Sean are going. And... Um, he has uh, traveled extensively nationally and abroad, and uh, he speaks at churches, seminars, leadership meetings, and conferences. Uh, Marvin and his wife, Leah, they've pastored, pastored several churches. He's the father of three daughters, um, both denominational and non-denominational, and uh, they traveled uh, uh, as guests. He brings life-changing insights from God's Word with practical and often humorous illustrations. His sensitivity to the Holy Spirit 
uh, as he ministers, causes people to believe that they can receive what they need from God and fulfill God's plan for their lives. He's a 1984 uh, Rama Bible Training College graduate. Amen. So, I, guys, I want you to welcome Marvin Yoder as he comes and ministers to the Word. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. I'm glad to be here today. And I don't know if I believe everything he just said. <laughs> anyway, it's great to be here. Wasn't that some kind of breakfast this morning? Man, anybody in this room eat breakfast like that every morning? No. Uh, man, that would be a great, great way to grow for sure. And uh, it's amazing food, I'll tell you. And um, he said, somebody asked me one time, does Amish eat like that all the time? You know, and I said, well, no, not really. Not really, you know, and, you know, good breakfast like that, you know. But anyway, so, so we're glad to be here today. And uh, we are we're excited that, uh, to see all of you. And one of the things that I want to do... Yes, I kind of feel like a pitcher, this young rookie pitcher that was, uh, that was, uh, you know, stepped into the big time and finally made it, but he's having trouble controlling the ball, and he just, the ball, he just couldn't control the ball, and so he was struggling with that, and finally the catcher came to him one time, and he said, hey, he said, I've got it, he said, I've located the moment that you start losing control. And the pitcher's excited. He's getting some help. And so he says, okay, tell me, tell, tell me when I'm start, Tell me so I can work on that. He said, it's right after the national anthem. <laughs> so what I'm going to do this morning is skip the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to skip the beginning and just dive right into this. <laughs> and uh, we're going to skip that moment where I might lose control, okay? And um, we are, we are certainly... Yeah, glad to be here. How many of you know it's a privilege to be in the kingdom of God? Isn't that right? We should never take that for granted. And um, we are um, we're just so blessed to be in the kingdom of God. We um, actually grew up Amish and um, left left the farm. But I'm glad that we didn't just leave something, but God also brought us to something. And friend, that's a very important thing to think about is that if you're leaving something, the next question you should ask yourself, what am I going into? What is God bringing me into? And so the transition isn't complete until you leave and enter in to what God has for you. Abraham departed from, you know, Haran to go to Canaan. And the Bible says he entered in. So, so the departing is often not worth much unless you enter in to what God has for you. That's the big thing. That's where Abraham got blessed. Isn't that right? Because he entered into what God had for him. And so uh, one of the things that I want to talk to you about today is a real passion of mine. And, um, and it's simply uh, the subject of personal growth. And uh, let me just give you a couple of things real quickly. I know when I said personal growth, I noticed the, uh, um, the lack of, uh, I noticed you didn't stand up and cheer. And uh, 
You didn't applaud. Uh, nobody whispered. This is exciting. Nobody did that. And, and a number of years ago, I would have done the same thing. Uh, but um, I want to share just a little bit about uh, personal growth, uh, growing up in God. And um, let me share a couple of things with you real quickly. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And, and let me read it out of the New King James Version. That's what I'm reading. And um, Luke chapter 2, verse 40 uh, says it this way. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And if you skip down to verse 52, we can also read that verse. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And so we see two things in those verses. One is that Jesus grew. Number two, He increased. Say that with me. He grew and He increased. Even Jesus, being the Son of God, had to grow up to be the person that God wanted to use uh, to be in ministry. I like to say it this way, that He spent 30 years becoming the person that He needed to be in order to do three years of ministry. Jesus never struggled with ministry. Did you ever notice that? He didn't tell somebody, you know, this is a bad day. You know, you caught me at a, just a really, I'm just having a tough time. No, you don't understand what I mean? He didn't do that, did he? Not one time when people came and asked him for something, did he say, well, you know, I got to pray and uh, can you come back in a week? I'm going to fast and pray about that. He never did that either, did he? He just did, it just flowed. And it began to look at that, <coughs> and it began to ask God, why, why was, a, was He able to flow just like that? Well, if you grew up in my denomination that I grew up in, the answer was, well, He should have been able to do that. He was, after all, the Son of God. Okay? But the fact of the matter is, not only was He the Son of God, but He's also a son, the Son of Man, anointed by the Holy Spirit and and in that way is why he is how he carried out his ministry, which means then that we as children of God uh, need the help of the Holy Spirit to be able to do what we do in the same way. And so there's some patterns here. Uh, Jesus grew up so he could do what he needed to do. And uh, so he never struggled one time. Uh, actually, Actually, right after John the Baptist was beheaded, he went into a place apart to um, be by himself because after all, after all, he was human. That was his cousin that got beheaded. Got the news? Hey, I'm going I'm to go off by myself for a little bit. The people followed him and wouldn't leave him alone. And here's what the Bible says. It says he healed the sick. Here's an interesting thing. You know, in our best moments, we're used of God. That's kind of how we think. That guys, in his worst day, he healed the sick. On his back, in his worst day. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not kind of. I'm, I don't want to go there, and I don't want you to go there too much. But on our worst day, can we can we be used of God? <laughs> can we? You understand what I mean? And and so I, I got intrigued by all of that, and I thought, man, there's something here that 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 that. I certainly hadn't tapped into up to that point. Uh, here I am, born again, spirit-filled, 
a Rama graduate, and and there's something here that I'm not that I'm not, that I got to get a hold of. And so as I began to look at that, uh, the Lord began to teach me that that Jesus was able to do what He did because He simply ministered out of who He had become. In other words, the doing came out of the being. Okay. He, he healed because he was a healer. It, 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 wasn't, it was just a flow. A flow that he got into, but he grew into that. He grew up into that. There's some things, my friend, that will happen in our lives when we reach certain growth levels. And so, now you know this as well as I do, the different ways. There are different ways that you can... Uh, step into the things of God. One is by knowing the Word of God, knowing, everybody say knowing, the Word of God and renewing your mind and finding out what God wants for you. Isn't that right? There are also some things that you step into or receive because of sowing. So sowing allows you to uh, uh, receive from God as well. Isn't that right? And then... There are some things uh, that require flowing with the Holy Spirit. So we have knowing, sowing, and flowing. Okay? There are some things uh, that, will, that you can step into when you uh, obey God and you go into uh, do what God tells you to do. So going is required. So we have knowing, sowing, flowing, and going. Okay? But there are, there's one other aspect I want to talk to you about, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. There is the need to grow into the things of God so that we can receive from God. So we have knowing, say it with me if you would, knowing, sowing, flowing, going, and growing. So those are different aspects. Actually, Pastor Doug, that's a great series right there. You know, you understand? You could you could really go with that in a lot of different. And you got it's, it's yours for free. <laughs> but anyway, but so there are so many things. There's 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 there are many ways. I I, I sometimes actually uh, in my position, you know, having been what I was, and then uh, I, I listen to preachers, and, and, and sometimes preachers act like this one thing is everything you need, and friends, seldom is, is one thing everything you need, very, very seldom. It is one of many things we need, okay? And so, how many of you ever had a salesman say, this one thing will change your life? You understand what I mean? And that, you, you, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so, today I'm not going to tell you this is the only thing you need, but I will tell you this is a vital part of what you need, and that is to grow up. A wealthy couple, years ago, um, very wealthy, um, couldn't have children, and so they, um, they um, uh, at some point in their life, started going to a church that believed, that believed God could do miracles. And so, uh, they learned to believe God, and they started believing for a child. And in later years, they actually had a little girl. 
little girl was born, and and the dad was just absolutely ecstatic, just doted on her, and every just loved her. And one day he held her up, and he was overheard saying this to his little girl: "I can't wait for you to grow up, so I can show you my world." And I want to tell you that's exactly what God's doing to us. He said, "I can't wait for you to grow up." so I can show you my world. There's some things God wants to show us, folks, that, that are absolutely amazing. But we've got to grow up to be able to walk in it. That's why growing is worth it. There's things that you and I could step into that, that require certain growth levels, but... Once you're there, it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, uh, and so, we need to look at a couple of things here that I want to look at. Abraham Lincoln said this. Uh, he said, you have to do your own growing no matter how tall your grandfather was. He would know, wouldn't he? Very tall man. And somebody asked him, some little girl has looked up at him one day. This is actually true. Uh, I looked up at him and said, said, how tall are you? And Abraham Lincoln said, long enough to reach the ground. And, uh, and so um, we do have to do our own growing. Isn't that right? How many of you know who Satchel Page was? Satchel Page, if you don't know, was a African-American pitcher. Played for the Kansas City Monarchs years ago back way back in, in what they called the Negro League back then. And uh, uh, he was a pitcher. He was actually born. He didn't, he didn't know when. No record, actual record of his birth date. So he didn't know exactly how old he was. And one day he asked this question. And he made this statement to, uh, to, to some people he was talking to. He said, how old would you be if you didn't know how old you were? Isn't that something? I always, I always liked that. I thought, how old would I be? Because you, you ever watch somebody? Now, I, I like watching people. And, and the, the, the uh, older I get, the more interested I am in watching people. Especially people that are, I find out they're younger than me, but they look older than me. And act older than me. And I'm thinking, how old would you be if you didn't know? How old you are, uh, and and so so there's a question there then uh, in how we grow, how grown up are we? Okay, and so we we need to make it a goal to grow up, to be who God wants us to be. It's worth the fight. It's worth whatever you go through to be the person that God wants you to be because there's blessings for you in that. And there are other people that God wants you to affect in the world. It's bigger than, the picture's bigger than just, just ourselves. Okay? God wants us to influence others around us. Okay? And so, uh, T. Harbecker made this statement one time. He said, if you want to make a permanent change, stop focusing on the size of your problems and start focusing on the size of you. Okay, 
And uh, I just burped and ate another piece of bacon right there. And, uh, but, um, but that is absolutely the truth. Most people focus on the size of their problem. If you talk to them, they want to tell you how big the problem is, how size of the problem. They want to describe the problem. They might have lots of details about the problem, but they don't talk much about themselves. Okay? So one of the things I like to do is you've got to grow big enough. You've got to grow until you're bigger than your problems. Okay? If you're going to handle them successfully. And so one of the things that, that, that you and I need to uh, look at is the size we are. Are we big enough? Have we grown enough to handle everything in our life? Or are we struggling with things? And, and there are times, and, and I'll just say this. In our camp, in, uh, in spirit-filled Christianity, um, we certainly love the moments when the Holy Spirit moves far beyond what we could ask or think. And, and, and does the miraculous right in our midst. Isn't that amazing? And I love every moment of that. And uh, uh, sometimes I think we're guilty, though, of thinking that's the only thing God does. That God hasn't moved unless that happens. And I just want to tell you that there are other things that God wants to do besides just those overpowering Holy Spirit moments, which I hope we get into today or tomorrow, okay? I do, want, I, I do believe that God wants us to get into those things, but this morning I'm going to talk to you just a little bit about uh, personal growth, and, and I can tell you uh, my journey uh, a little bit. I was uh, a Rhema graduate, and I was traveling in ministry, and the truth is that we weren't making enough money to really feed our family or dress our family the way we should. Uh, the house we lived in was so ugly, we don't have pictures of it. We really don't. There are times my wife and I, in our travels, we come, you know, not too far from. Look, we look at each other and one of us says, you want to go see that? And then the other look at her. And we look at each other and say, nah. Nothing there for us to see. We're from there. That's it. <laughs> We're not staying there. It was so bad that I would drop, pull into the driveway from traveling and the demons would scream at me and say, I got you now. You're trapped. You'll never get out of here. And I'd sit in the driveway after I pull in and I'd, and I'd scream back at him, In the name of Jesus, I will get out of here. I will get out of here in the name of Jesus. I will not stay here in Jesus' name. You cannot keep me here. And, and, and so uh, uh, we ended up having to learn some things. So I told the Lord, I said, this is not right the way this is. I said, you know, here we are. I'm obeying you. I'm doing what you told me to do. I went to Ramah. I went to Bible school. I'm, I learned the message of faith. And... And I'm believing you and trusting in you, and uh, but my family's not being taken care of like they need to be. Look at this house we're in. You know, it, it, it doesn't add up. You know, and so the Lord began to teach me. How many of you thank God? Thank God for His mercy. Isn't that right? Now, 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 how many of you know? How many of you've met? 
people that believe that whatever you, situation you're in is just the is just the fate. Uh, it's just your fate. It, it, it's just your lot in life, and you just need to learn how to accept it and go on. Others might have better, but this is where you are, and that's just it. You just learn to be happy there. And that was the message I heard uh, growing up. And uh, somehow I never learned to be happy in those kind of things, situations, especially when I'd read the Word of God and found out that God had more and better for us. Isn't that right? And so, um, so, so as we read the Word of God. Now look, it took me a couple of years to just search and find out, okay, how do I get started on this? And, and finally I came to this uh, amazing verse, 3 John 2. Uh, uh, the third epistle of John, uh, verse 2. There's only one chapter in, in that. And, uh, and so, um, so I read that verse, and God began to bring some things to my attention. It says, New King James Version, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in, in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. And, uh, and I looked at the verse... And I have to tell you that my, one of my seminary professors, not at Rhema, but in another one, I've actually been in three different schools. I'm a slow learner. Uh, so, to, you know, I'm still learning. But, but anyway, one of the seminary professors um, uh, said one day, you, you know, you can't put your faith or trust in that verse. Because it's only a greeting from one man to another. That's what he said. And I thought to myself, thank God I know better because the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Isn't that right? And so I looked at the verse. It is true that John wrote a letter to a man named Gaius, says so in verse 1. And it is true that he offered a greeting to Gaius in verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. And it is true, isn't it? But that's not the whole truth. The whole truth is that it is included in the canon of Scripture. It is as much the Word of God as John 3.16 where Jesus was talking to Nicodemus. He was having a private conversation with Nicodemus. Told him, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen to me. If, if a private conversation of Jesus and Nicodemus can be, can be considered full, uh, full Scripture that you can put your full weight, full faith on, then certainly 3 John 2, where John talks to a man named Gaius, can also be considered as, as, as part of Scripture and you can put your faith in that. Okay, so don't ever let anybody talk you out of believing the Word of God. Anytime a voice comes to you and says, don't believe that, don't believe that, that part right there, don't believe that, you can't believe that, let me tell you something, you can just mark it down, the devil's talking to you. I said, the devil's talking to you. God will never, God will never t- talk you out of it, Elliot, to, of believing His Word. He says, be careful there, don't get too far into it. No, you know the devil's talking to you. And so, so, so here we are. He said, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. How many of you like that? Prosper in all things. And be in health. I, hey, guys, you like that? I like that too. I like those two things. 
And the reason being is because if, I, if I'm prosperous and I'm healthy, then I'm in a position to obey God and go do what God tells me to do. There are people that are broke, that are Christians, who would like to do what God tells them to do, but they have no money to go do it. There are others that are so physically incapacitated that they would, they would love to go do something for God, but they can't because they're physically in, incapacitated. So we know those two things are necessary to obey God. Isn't that right? And so I wanted, wanted uh, to look into that. The word prosper right there is a Greek word, euodeo, and it means to do well in your journey. That's literally what it means. So a lot of times when we think prosperity, we think prosperity equals money. But it means a whole lot more than that. How many of you, how many of you know some people that, are, that have money, but they absolutely don't pay attention to God at all? You understand what I mean? So it has to be more. Uh, I mean, God's idea of prosperity has to be more than money. But it includes money. Isn't that right? So we don't, we don't, we don't uh, diminish the aspect of money, but we want to also encourage us to, uh, uh, us to broaden our views on the word prosperity. Okay? It means to do well on your journey. And so God wants us to do well on our Christian journey. He wants us to be able to continually step into more. And so I looked at that and I thought, I think I'm on to something here. And so the Lord began to teach me as I began to meditate along that. He said, now, he said, God's will. He said, my will is not automatic. Just because I want something for you doesn't mean it's going to happen. Okay? And so uh, there's some things that you and I have to do to step into those things. There's a part that you and I do or there's some qualifiers or conditions to meet in order to be able to step into some of those things. And, and he says here, um, he says here that our prosperity uh, and health, I mean, how many of you love that? But, but he didn't end there. Just as your soul prospers. There's the five word. One person said it this way, that that's, a, that's the five word qualifier to the things of God. Just as your soul prospers. Just as your soul prospers. So I looked at the verse. King James says, even as your soul prospers. And so I looked at that and I thought, uh, there seems to be a part here that God wants me to have. And there seems to be a part here that, that I need to pay attention to. Okay. And the two seem to be one reflects the other. And I thought to myself, if I was dealing with a math problem, I would call this an equation. Okay? So I thought, I think I need to make a phone call. You know, uh, how many of you know that game show? You know, I I think I'll make make a phone call. I said, I'm going to make a phone call to one of my friends uh, who's a Rama grad, but he also has a master's degree in mathematics, which is intimidating for me. But But I got up my nerve and called him. All right? And so I called him. And said, okay, Kim, I said, here, read that verse right there. And, and he did. And I said, what do you see there? He said, well, I see, he said, uh, I, I see that God wants us to prosper and be in health. Okay. I said, what else do you see? He said, well, he wants our soul to prosper. I said, now, I said, you're a mathematician. I said, you studied math and everything. And I said, he said, yes. And I said, I said, okay. 
I said, uh, I, I said what do you, uh, do, is there an equation in that verse? And he looked at it again. He said, yes, there is. I said, okay, just to make sure that we're understanding. I said, I said an equation has two equal parts. Is that right? He said, yes. That's what makes an equation, is that there are two equal parts. I said, is that constant? He said, yes. He said, if it ever was not equal, he said, it wouldn't be an equation anymore. So I said, look at the verse again and tell me, is there, is there an equation there? Because, you know, in mathematics, we deal with, 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 with hard facts. Two and two. And I don't care what curriculum you have. I don't care how much you revise it. And I don't care how, what, what name you call it. You call it, uh, you know, common core or, or uncommon core or whatever you want to call it. I don't care. Two plus two is still what? It's always four, isn't it? And I don't care if you take the long road around or if you take the shortcut. It's still four, right? It's only one answer to two and two, isn't that right? And, and so uh, in some subjects, uh, you can make a statement that is true in one setting, but if you... Put, take that same, take a different setting, then then that statement may not be completely true because circumstances are different. But in mathematics, in the system of mathematics, in dealing with absolutes like this, then you have something that always equals something. And there's no, and and if you take it to the nth degree, it's still the same. I don't care how hard you press it, still the same. And no matter how much you study it, still the same. Okay? And so I said, I said to him, I want to know if this equation, if, I, if, I, if, we, if a person takes it to the nth degree, will it still be true? He said, yeah. So I thought, I have something here. So God began, I went back to the Lord and I said, now Lord, you've got to help me a little bit more. So he said this. He said, which side is your side? And which side is my side? And I looked at the verse again, and I realized that there are a lot of people, my friends, that, that have chosen the prosperity and health side, and they're working on that, when really our side is even as our souls prosper. That's our side. i got to do something with my soul. And guess what? God's side is the prosperity and health. And again, we're talking about a flow. If I change the condition of my soul, what does God do? He changes this over here, the prosperity and the health. It always matches. Always matches. The truth is that I, I can never grow and then send God a bill and say, God, you owe me. Because I haven't got this yet. Uh, you're, uh, it's overdue, <laughs> past due. How many of you ever felt past due? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I've, I've had some times when I wondered where it was at. But the truth is that God always makes sure that our prosperity and our health equals the condition of our soul. Isn't that something? So... Brother Hagin said it this way in his book, Right and Wrong Thinking. He said, what we believe is the result of our thinking. And if we think wrong, we'll believe wrong. 
If we believe wrong, our confession will be wrong. It all hinges on our thinking. So what's he talking about? Well, he's talking about what's happening in our soul. The soul consists of the mind, the will, and the emotions. And so there's things we got to learn to do. You got to learn to renew your mind. You got to learn to conform your will to the will of God. And number three, you got to learn how to control your emotions. Okay? And and so somebody said to me one time, said, you know, it'd be a lot better. It would be a lot easier if we just didn't have any emotions. I said, oh, no. I said, that wouldn't be good because, because then we couldn't be happy. We couldn't be glad. We couldn't rejoice. We couldn't uh, have peace. All of those are good emotions, right? Did you know that you were born with emotions? The devil didn't slip those in. You know what I'm saying? But sometimes we act like emotions are bad. They're not necessarily bad. It's what, it's what we make of them. It's what we do with them. Okay? We're born, we're designed with emotions so that we can, we can express uh, uh, ourselves fully. Okay? And, 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 and how many of you know that if there's a right way to do things, the devil makes sure you can find out a wrong way to do things as well. You can be angry and sin not, but how many of you know there are lots of times when we, uh, we were angry and we did sin? You know what I'm saying? And I've been there many times. All you have to do is uh, drive in front of me on the road. That was one of the quickest ways to get me, get me beyond, get me out of angry and sin not into angry and sinning. And so, you know, I had to learn and get a grip on my emotions like that. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 you say, well, it's not a problem with me, Ed, but, but what is your problem? Say, where is your problem? Everybody's got things they're working on. And uh, you might look at your neighbor and say, I suspected that about you. <laughs> We're all working on something. Isn't that right? Yes. And so, so, so here's the challenge then, guys, is to, is to, is to work on our soul. Change. If you're not happy with life, you look around and say, I'm not happy with something, then get to work on, on, on changing the condition of your soul. Because you can know in your heart what God wants you to do, but you will decide in your mind what you're going to do about it. You really will. The decisions of life are made in your, in your mind. Now, why? Because, because, because here's the thing. How many of you ever, since you've been a Christian, you don't have to vote because it's not November. Don't raise your hand. All right? But how many of you, since you're a Christian, have had at least one carnal day? Don't vote. Just look straight ahead and smile. Everybody, everybody think you're holy. But you understand that since we've become Christians, we've had good days, we've had some bad days, and we've had some ugly days. I mean, it's just got real ugly. And we were just glad the other church people weren't around to see it. Isn't that right? I've been there. And, and, and so... Uh, now, now, the good news is, in case you're wondering, there are less and less of those days for me, all right? I, more, I mean, I'm having more good days, all right? And, and so we, we change the condition of our soul. We learn to change the, how to control our emotions. Here's what happened to me one, one time years ago. I'm, I'm, I'm pastoring a little church and I'm bivocational, and so I, I have some service contracts with a... Um, 
uh, restaurant chain to do their building and maintenance um, work. So I'd have, they were all night restaurants, 24-hour day restaurants. And, um, and um, uh, so, so the less traffic and third uh, shift, so often late at night I'm, I'm doing work there. And so I'm, I'm at this one restaurant and I'm waiting to get to this piece of equipment that needs some work and they're using it right at the moment. So I'm just drinking a cup of coffee and waiting and here comes this guy comes walking in and he's on sh- on 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 uh, getting ready to go on his shift and everything and and um, and uh, so so we got started talking and and uh, I didn't tell him I was a preacher. How many of you ever noticed that if people find out you're a preacher or a Christian, then they start talking different? You know what I'm saying? And so I didn't tell him anything. So I just started listening to him talk. Uh, I mean, I listen, so he's willing to talk. Okay, and to find that out about people is many times all it takes for people to talk is be willing to listen. So he started talking. He's telling me about his living with his girlfriend. He's, he's sitting there smoking a cigarette. This is back in the days when they could do that and still do that in restaurants. And how that they were doing involved in some things and living together and, and, and everything. And so finally he got around to this, this question. He said, what do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. I hit him right between the eyes. And, and, and he instantly changed on me. I'm telling you. He instantly changed on me. He said, you know, Grandma used to take me to church. And he said, you know, and, they, and he said, I felt this thing in my heart. And somebody prophesied over me that I was going to be an evangelist. And I could tell he really believed that. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, you just told me what you believe. And yet you're doing anything but that. And I went to the Lord. I said, now, how can that be? And the Lord said, because the condition of his soul determines where he lives. And what he's experiencing. He is a product of his thought life. If you look over Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, for as he thinks in his heart, or one translation says, in his soul, so is he. Okay. Now, if you look at the context of that statement in Proverbs 23, it's talking about a miser. It says, when you go to the miser's house, and, 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 and uh, be careful. He said he'll offer you all kinds of delicacy, but he doesn't mean it. His heart's not in it. For as he thinks, so is he. In other words, here's the truth. A miser is not a miser because of what he has or doesn't have. He is a miser because of what he thinks. Okay? And so he's a product of his thinking. I met a man that was a, he was a real miser. I mean, that's a true story. He, he was so tight, so miserly. He had, more, he had lots of money. He would lend money to people to make money. But he was so tight. I think he was so tight that he jumped, he climbed over the gate so he wouldn't wear out the hinges. But that's pretty tight, you know. I know one man that was so tight that he wouldn't feed his cows enough. That, uh, they were still hungry, and he, he, they would be in the standing. Uh, they were standing out in the feedlot, uh, you know, 
lowing and, and just, just and the boys could hear them after supper and they would sneak out the window and throw them an extra couple of hay bales just to keep, get them quiet because they felt sorry for the cows. That's actually a true story. A miser, but he was, but he had a little desk set up in his garage, and that was his office where he would meet people that needed to come and make uh, uh, borrow money from him. Okay, he was a very rich man. When he died, he gave each one of his sons, each one of his children, a farm. <laughs> we're not talking forty acres either. We're talking, we're talking, we're talking hundreds of acres for each child. And lots of money. Do you understand what I mean? He was a miser because of the way he thinks. Okay? So what happens in our soul greatly determines what we experience in life. Alright? Here's what goes on in our thinking. Sherlock Holmes was... Uh, and his... Uh, this is a story that I heard about him. The great... The great... Uh, uh, detective and and his trustworthy helper, Dr. Watson. You know, they went camping, the story goes. And so they set up the tent. They had a nice little meal and uh, just got out in nature, you know, and everything. And, and so they crawled into the tent and, and went to sleep. And in the middle of the night, Sherlock Holmes says to Dr. Watson, Dr. Watson, what do you see? Wakes him up. So, what do you see? Dr. Watson is looking around. And he wants to impress. He's always trying to impress Sherlock Holmes. And he said, well, he said, I see the stars. He said, I see the constellations. And he said, I see all of, I see the moon. And he begins to describe all this wondrous things. And he said, I see that it's still dark. He said, this It'll be several hours yet till, till the sun comes up. And so, uh, uh, he kind of gave an estimate of what time it might be. And all of a sudden, Sherlock Holmes says, Watson, you idiot. He said, it's very obvious somebody stole our tent. <laughs> we see things. Now, listen to this, guys. We see things the way we think. We, look, we can all look at the same thing, guys, and see something different. Okay? And so, so see, how, see how our soul, the condition of our soul affects what we experience in life. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may, that you may prove what is the good an acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, there has to be a transformation of thinking. There has to be something happening. That's why, that's why you and I need to be daily in the Word of God. Okay? You, you're not going to do major growing if you're, if you're the average Christian. I've pastored for a number of years, and I can tell you there are a lot of Christians that don't open their Bibles between Sundays. Okay, don't go home yet, all right? Okay, I'm just telling you, that's why you see some people not making a lot of progress. They're not growing up. Now, listen to me. Did you, 
Have you ever read your Bible and said, I I just felt a major growth spurt? No, that's not true. You know, after you get done reading your Bible, you pretty much feel the same way that you did before you started. Other than you might have been encouraged a little bit. Isn't that right? Truth is, though, that you did grow. There are things that change within us as we read the Word. As we read the Word, almost unconsciously, things are changing. Okay? Uh, one of the things that I learned to do is, uh, is repetitive uh, hearing. Repetitively looking at the truth that I need to drill into my soul. Just because I hear it once doesn't mean I got it. So I began to look at Third John 2. And I started studying everything I can get my hands on, on the, uh, that was related to Third John 2. I'm going to change the condition of my soul. I found this one series of messages by a particular author, uh, speaker, and, and I'm not going to tell you what they were because that's what I needed. You may need something else. Okay? So I began to listen to those messages over and over and over. Okay? And the truth is, things weren't going well for me uh, financially, uh, weren't going well for me in my career, weren't going well for me as far as just uh, being able to take care of my family. And uh, I, but, but the truth is, really, when it got down to it, I personally wasn't doing really great. Okay? That was the problem. Okay? But I began to do some things about it. I began to listen to, uh, study the Word with this purpose in mind. I'm going to grow. I'm going to change the condition of my soul. I had a beginning point here, folks. And so I did that. I started listening to this series of messages, and I listened to them over and over and over. I didn't listen to many things. I listened to this series. Every time I got in my vehicle, I, I just had it right there. I would play. And since I was in traveling ministry at that time, I, you know, I'm in, I'm in my vehicle a lot. And so, over the course of, of several months... I listened to it over and over and over again until I knew what was coming next. I could tell the jokes. I could tell the stories. I could tell the verses. Okay, this is coming next. This is coming next. This is coming next. And I got to this point where I was sick and tired of hearing it. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? I felt full. And so I thought, well, I guess I need to do something else. And here's the Lord stopped me. Now, this is a real truth, guys. Listen to this. Get this. When you're sick and tired of hearing something, that's a sure sign we hadn't got it yet. Like we need to. You've got to learn to press on. You've got to keep hearing it. Even though you'd rather do something else. That's why most people stop just short of really getting what they need. Luke 6.45 says it this way. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Everybody say abundance. In other words, there has to be an abundance of something in us in order for it to come out. Okay? So here's the thing. I listened to it. So I kept listening. Here's what I did. I kept listening to it till I changed the way I thought. He's, and here's how the Lord explains it. He said, when you get it like you need it, 
He said, there will be a thrill in your soul. You'll begin to talk about it. You'll see great value in it. It'll be precious to you. And you think everybody else needs to get this. How many of you, when you got saved, or when you got baptized with the Holy Spirit, you thought everybody else needed to get what you got? And you were not quiet about it. And, and, and so, uh, it's, it's just the way it is with every truth of God. And that is that we, once we get it, it overflows. It comes out of our mouth. The 20th century New Testament says, what fills a man's heart rises to his lips. It's going to come out, folks. Isn't that right? So we've got to keep changing, uh, 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 changing this condition of our souls. And you've got to be willing to put effort into it. You've got to spend money to do it. Bob Harrison said it this way. He said, most, most men spend more money on their cars than they do on their minds. He went on and said, that's why their cars run better than their minds do. I thought, okay, all right, all right, that's enough of that. I'm going to put that away for today. I've had all I can take right at the moment. You understand what I mean? And so, you know, my mind wanted to check out. That's not fair. That's a low blow. But you understand what I'm saying is actually, I got to thinking about it. Okay, I don't mean I don't mind buying a twenty thousand dollar vehicle, getting a loan for it. But oh no, I can't go to the five hundred dollar seminar. That's too expensive. <laughs> and which, but which one is going to give us lasting results? Do you understand what I mean? And and so so changing the condition of my soul is absolutely necessary. And so. It, uh, changing the condition of our soul, uh, uh, it, it takes time. It's a process. It is not instantaneous. You have some instantaneous moments where all of a sudden the truth is realized. But the truth is that instantaneous moment where you suddenly realize the truth and it grips you and you're able to walk in it, that's the result of repeated inputs. Okay? Times when you didn't really realize how important it was to pick up your Bible one more time and look at it, listen to the message one more time. I listened to one message, uh, 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 one message that God gave me, said, you need to get that down in you, that a particular speaker had given me. Again, I'm not going to tell you what it was because, because you might need something else, okay? Because God has a journey for each one of us. I listened to it over and over. Over and over. Over and over. In an eight-month period, I listened to it 105 times. Over and over. Why did I listen to it? If you look in Third John, you can tell when your soul is in the condition that it needs to be. If you ask the average Christian, is your, is your soul prospering? I think so. I hope so. I'd like to think so. What makes you ask that question? You know what I'm saying? People have sometimes are defensive, you know. Um, you know, and so, so there is a way to know whether your soul is prospering. It goes in verse 3. Here's what John said. For I rejoiced greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Look at that. Underline the word truth that is in you. A prosperous soul is one that has the truth in it. Now, you say, well, 
So, so, so the next, so, so, so the thing is, you say, yeah, I know the truth. I know truth. I know truth. I've been studying my Bible. I know the truth. But you can know. So let's take it a step further, because we're still trying to define a prosperous soul, and trying to get a grip on the truth that is in you. Because I like to think the truth is in me enough that I can prosper. Enough that I can be walk healthy. Okay? But how can I tell? Well, I'm glad you asked because it tells you right here at the end of the verse. Look at it. Just as, uh-oh, here we go again. Just as, or King James, even as you walk in the truth. Here's the deal, folks. If it's in you, it'll show up on the outside. Once it's in you like it needs to be, it'll show up on the outside. Here's what I did. While I was listening to it 105 times in an eight-month period of time, there I mean, I, I could tell you, I could just go along here and tell you what's coming next and everything, but here's what I was watching. Here's the reason I kept listening to it. Because, because I'm looking for the flow. Okay? Of simply God doing things in my life. I want Him to do more than what He'd done before in my life. But, but I need to get my, the condition of my soul up to that level. Okay? So here's what I watched. I watched how I talked, and I watched how I conducted myself or my walk. And if I, I'd listen to myself, and I, every once in a while I'd listen to, listen, uh, listen to me saying something, and I'd say, now, Marvin, you do realize what you just said doesn't line up with what you're believing for, or, or with what you even know is true. And I'd say to myself, yeah, Marvin, you need to go back and listen some more. You haven't got it in you yet like you need it, because the talk's different. Talk hadn't lined up yet. And then I'd watch my, I'd, I'd watch my walk. And every once in a while, I'd talk to myself, and I'm Marvin, you, did, you didn't act right in that situation. So you better go back and listen some more. Because once the truth is in you, like it needs to be, guys, it'll affect your walk, and it'll affect your talk. And you can look at yourself and see how good you're doing by whether your talk and your walk is lining up with the Word or not. There's really no mystery to it. Okay? I can measure myself. Now, do I always like what I find? No. No, but I get over the unhappiness and keep working on it. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Now, listen to me. Here's what happened. I began to grow. I mean, we were givers. We sowed. And I could quote you many verses. I know. And I'm, I'm a person of the Spirit. I, I flowed. And I'm, I'm traveling ministry. I go. But this one aspect of growing is what I needed, guys. And it's what many times is what we need. And so, so, so I began to conform my will. Not my will, but your will be done, Father. Whatever you want, that's fine with me. Okay? Prayer of dedication like that. And then my emotions, I got a grip on my emotions. I began to start working on controlling my emotions. I began to find out ways to help my emotions be an asset 
instead of a hindrance. Okay? How many of you have ever seen somebody that, that, that their emotions uh, hindered them in what they were attempting to do? In other words, they, they became emotional and either had outbursts, uh, they might have gotten angry, or they might have gotten, uh, uh, just couldn't control themselves and started crying, or something of that nature. Uh, some 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 pe- people get so emotional in their uh, in their uh, relationships that they get overly jealous, envious, or they get into they get into uh, they get into uh, uh, so much thinking about what people have done to them that they get bitter. Those are those are negative emotions that people allow themselves to get into, and. Uh, We've got to learn to get a grip on those things if we're going to make progress with God. Now, I know, guys, what's one of the worst things that you can hear your spouse say to you? Here's the answer. We need to talk. That's a big moment, big challenge for a lot of us guys. If you're a Yoder coming from my clan, we didn't talk well. We, we were great at internalizing. We were great at at, uh, well, if I, if I need to tell you, I'll tell you if I need to, but I don't see a need. That's kind of how we were. You know what I'm saying? And all our talk was mostly superficial. You know what I'm saying? We're good as long as you talk about my job. That's it. We start talking about me, then we're not so good. Okay? That's how a lot of us guys are. We're not, we're not real comfortable with the emotional issue. We try hard to be macho or non-emotional or we pick a picture and we try to be like that. And I know what I'm talking about because I'm a guy. All right? All right? So, 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 um, I just said to myself when I realized all of that, I just said to myself, I need a lot of help. So, I like this verse I found in, in 2 Corinthians 3.18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And then, and then we'll attempt to wrap this up. How many of you know when a preacher says that, what does that mean? It doesn't mean a thing, does it? <laughs> well, look at this. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And what does that mean? It simply means this, that in order for me to have the transformation I need, in order for me to have a a change in in the condition of my soul, I need the Holy Spirit to help me. I need the Word of God that will transform me, but I also need the Holy Spirit to help transform me. Now, here's what happens, guys, a lot of the way the Holy Spirit works. Elliot, when you pick up your Bible or you look at your phone and you read your Bible... Here's what happens. We don't realize it, but here's what happens. When you're reading your Bible, the Holy Spirit's busy writing. He's writing the Word of God upon your heart and inside of you. He's working on the condition of your soul. He, 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 as long as you keep reading that and keep that in front of you, it gives Him permission to keep changing thoughts in your mind and bringing the right thoughts to your mind. Okay? So that happens almost unconsciously, guys. 
And so that's what's happening when we read our Bible. We walk out and we don't really realize what happened. But, but, but spiritual, on the spiritual side, the Holy Spirit's busy working in us. Because you see, He has to work in us so we can handle the things around us. Our prayers change these things around us. But if God changed those things around us in a major way and didn't change us, the new circumstances would eat us for lunch. We wouldn't be able to handle it. How many of you have ever seen somebody step into a position that they just weren't able to handle? Well, it's because their soul wasn't in that kind of... wasn't ready for it, developed, or they didn't have the skill set. That, That was a possibility as well. But 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 so 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 that's what happens many times. That's the transformation that's talking about here. We look. We want a telephone booth experience where we step into a telephone uh, as a mere man and come out looking like Superman. We want this. That's why you know we want everything right away. We'll drive five miles just so we don't have to wait in line somewhere. You know what I'm saying, so to speak. You understand what I mean? And and so so. But you have to learn to value the input, every input that you have. Create moments of input on purpose. Look for things that you can say, okay, that will help me to get there. Okay? And so, so that's the thing that you and I need to do. And so, let me give you five, five quick things that you need to look at real quickly in your life that will help you. Things, these are accelerators. Number one, change your diet. I know we hate hearing that. Change your mental and spiritual diet. In other words, choose what you're going to read, what you listen to, and what you watch. Everything has an effect upon you. And the truth is that what you put in you is eventually what will come out. Okay? So choose your mental and spiritual diet. Okay? Or change it. Number two... Choose your friends and associates that you hang around with all the time. Look at your friends. Are they helping you or hindering you? This is why some people don't grow. They hang around the wrong people all the time. Well, you know, I had a hard time. They had a hard time. We like to talk about it. That may be the problem. That may be what holds us back. Is that we talk about the size of the problem rather than the size of us. Okay? So here's the thing. All relationships... Either add, add or multiply or subtract and divide. And all relationships will either increase you or decrease you. Okay? So you've got you to you learn to understand. I value everybody. I'm willing to help everybody. But there are some people I won't hang around with. Because they're so in a, going in such a different direction that there's really not much common ground. And if you ask them... Uh, if I try to say anything about what I'm doing, they, they don't value it. They don't support it. So I, I go on. I find cheerleaders. I find people that will, that will cheer me on. Everybody needs cheerleaders, folks. We, don't, we never get where we need to be by ourselves. Okay? We all need help. And so, you know, everybody, everybody, everybody has to have the help of somebody else. Somebody said this one time, said, behind every successful man stands a surprised mother-in-law. Well, you know, but you understand, you understand, though, everybody needs help. Okay? Well, um, so, so choose your friends wisely. 
Okay? Now, every one of us has people that we're around all the time. That's our inner circle. We also have some people that we meet at the hardware store or at the at at the, at the grocery store or somebody like that, you know, somebody even even coworkers that we work with but we really don't hang around with them. We have acquaintances and then we have friends. So our friends are our inner circle and and there are a lot of people that make up the outer circle, okay? People that we know but we really don't hang around them. It's that inner circle that we need to be concerned about. Because you hang around them long enough, you'll become like them. One guy said it this way, birds of a feather flock together. The rest of the story is they all fly to the same place. Okay? So just think about that. And so look at your inner circle and say, look, do I want to be like them? Is this where I want to end up? If not, then you've got to find some people that, that, that you can hang on to or hang around that will help you go to the place you need to be. Be the person you need to be. Okay? So, so said Brother Yoder. Okay, okay, okay. I, 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 it's too, I got some people that are not helping me at all. They're in my inner circle. What do I do? Well, don't burn bridges. Just gently stop initiating the contact. Okay? In other words, don't quit texting them. Wait for them to text you. Respond if they text you. Or call. Okay? Let them make the initiate, the contact. Okay? And, and, and a lot of times, that's an eye-opener, guys, as to really how one-sided the, conversa- uh, the relationship really is. And most of the time, the relationships where, that are not healthy, that are not helping us, are the ones where we initiate the contact all the time, or most of the time, hardly ever do they contact us. So, look, develop healthy relationships. We could talk a lot, a lot about that. Number three, uh, uh, change your environment. Change your environment. What do we mean by that, Mayor? Uh, that, that, uh, the environment. Well, here's the thing. Uh, we're all in this community right here today. Okay? You, you all live here in this community. But, so we could say this, this is our environment here. Okay? That is true. But within this environment, there are some things you control. Most of it's at home. Okay? So you can start by beginning to control your environment at home, your atmosphere at home. And uh, Brother Sumrall said it this way, a messy, no, don't shoot me, I'm just quoting. He said, a messy environment breeds confusion. In other words, an environment has an, has an effect upon us. Here's the thing I can encourage churches, businesses, ministries, and families to do. And that is, is, look at your environment. Look at the look at the look at the visuals. Look at the uh, environment, the 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 atmosphere, and think to yourself: Does this help me accomplish the mission? If it doesn't, then we need to change the environment so it influences us the right way. Have you ever been in a place uh, that you came out of it and you said that felt icky? I just didn't like that place for some reason. You couldn't really describe it, but it's just that way, you know. Then other places you go and you say, man, I wish I could just stay here. I felt so lifted up. I felt so inspired. This is great. The environment has this intangible influence upon it. Change your environment, okay? And uh, uh, the fourth thing, the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit in you. Listen more to Him. In other words, learn to, be, learn to have quiet time. 
Okay? Let Him speak to you. I'm not talking about great big uh, spiritual giant moments. I'm talking about the daily experience of, of exchanging, uh, of exchanging uh, dialogue with Him. He's willing to talk if we're willing to listen. But you've got to learn to, to set aside some time. Be quiet. Okay? And, and so, uh, here's the thing that if we get quiet, here's what happens. It's not like the thought comes from out there someplace. It's just suddenly, all of a sudden, there's something we, we're thinking about. you ever realize, just all of a sudden, where did that thought come from? It may have come from the Holy Spirit who lives right down here. Right in you. Okay? And then, uh, so learn to listen to Him. Lastly, watch your words. These are accelerators in, your ch- in changing the condition of your soul. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can talk about things the way you want them to be. And if you talk about it long enough, it affects the way you think. It will eventually affect the way you think. Here's what I learned. When I became a Christian, I started living for God. I had three things. I had a, I had a 1970 Firebird. I had some clothes. And I had a stack of long-playing LP albums about this tall. Country and Western was my thing. I liked that. I grew up with it on the plains of Kansas. I liked that. And uh, the problem is the music was good. The, the, the lyrics were bad in many cases. You know, your wife leaves, your house burns down, the pickup, breaks, the pickup truck breaks down, train wrecks and all of that. Do you understand what I mean? Somebody said if you play it backwards, you get it all back. But anyway, I don't know. <laughs> But you understand. But here's the thing. I had wrong input, so I thought... How many of you remember the, 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 the old enough to know that remember the show Hee Haw? If it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Doom and gloom and agony on me. Grandpa Joan. You understand what I mean? I listened to that show so much, I started believing it. And once you start thinking long enough, you'll start believing long enough, and then you start talking that way. And friend, you have just created a problem for yourself at that point. But if you start talking the right things, even before you make a change, it'll help you. It'll help you to get to the place where you're thinking right. Because your, your words are influencing your, your, the condition of your soul. Influence it. You say, well, Brother Yoda, I don't even believe. I don't even believe I can prosper right now. I don't even believe it's possible for me. I said, well, start talking about it. Eventually, you will believe. Eventually, you will think that way. I used to say this. I'm no good with money. Our family wasn't any good with money. and I don't, I'm no good with money. We grew up poor. I'm poor. And I had to change the talk before I began to change my thinking and change the way, eventually change the way I acted. And then I found out I could learn about financial things. I learned how to prosper. I learned how to do some things. Amen? So these are the things. I'm going to close with this. I mean, if you believe that. All right. I will, really will. And that is this. I, I'll sum it up this way. The biggest problem you and I face is not our boss. It's not our spouse. It's not our neighbor. It's not the environment uh, where we're at. It's not the community we live in. It's not the president. It's not the government. It's not any of that. 
It's not my job. You know what our biggest problem is? I can tell you where it is. It's located between our two ears. That's our biggest problem right there. And I've, seen, I've, I've told people that, and I've seen, I've seen people just swell up like a toad frog and start to get red in their face, like, what do you mean that's my problem? And I said, well, the good news is the problem's, your problem's within reach. You can do something about it. I said, you ever try to change your neighbor? It ain't going to work. How about your boss? You ever go in and tell them they need to change something? <laughs> good luck with that. How about another job? All right. And how many of you know, if you go in and tell your spouse you need to, they need to change, buddy, you know, like one guy said, the reason for my success in marriage was that I mostly led an outdoor life. Well, I don't know, but, but you understand. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> maybe, maybe if he needed, to, he needed to change what he said. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing. Maybe his focus was wrong. Listen to me. Our, focus on what you can change. What, I might not be able to change the government, but I can change, but I can govern my thoughts. Okay? I, can't, I might not be able to change my boss or my spouse or my neighbor or where I live. But I can change the way I think. Okay? And eventually, everything will match up. If I make the changes, guess what? Go back to 3 John 2. What am I supposed to do? Change the condition of my soul. What will God do? Prosperity and health. It will always match. God will see to it. It will always match. It will always match. Men, All right, let's stand up. Now, let's do something real quickly. I want us to do this. How many of you... How many of you know we, we looked into the Word? We, we talked about principles. We talked about um, some things we need to know. And all of that has positioned us to grow. Okay? And so here's the thing, guys. Uh, we're faced with this challenge. Okay, I've got to go home and grow. I mean, I, I preach this. I have to go home and grow again. I have to grow some more, okay? But here's the thing. I don't have to do it alone. The Holy Spirit is here. Sometimes, folks, we have things that we'd like to see changed. And... Um, how many of you know? How many of you've got one thing, at least one thing, that you know influences you from growing up? The way I, I got kicked out of music class. Okay, uh, I, I was made fun of by the by the music teacher in front of the whole class, and eventually I got kicked out because I just didn't see the value of it, didn't believe I could, and so. I was, I was doing other things instead of doing music, and the teacher didn't like that. I got kicked out of it. So all of that's a negative. So, so what that did for years is say, Marvin, you're no good. You can't do anything in music. You, you, you cannot do anything music-wise. And it influenced my thinking. Do you understand what I mean? So most of us go through life really kind of programmed by what we've seen, what we've heard, and what we've experienced. Really true, guys. And I'd like to take, as we talked about this and you thought about this, I'd like for us to, 
I'd like for us to uh, just just take a moment and just get quiet with the Holy Spirit and just invite Him in right now and say, Holy Spirit, right now, that area, that area right there, that thing that happened, that thing that was said to me, that thing that I heard, that thing that I saw, thing that that's that's what that's what I need you to work on. I need help with that. I need help with that. I want to grow, but it seems like this is what's holding me back. This stares me in the face. This comes to mind whenever I try to move move ahead. I ask Holy Spirit that you reach down inside of me and help me with what I need. You can do what no man can do, Holy Spirit. Touch us and help us in a mighty way. Touch us and help us in a mighty way. Help me. Say that, Lord. Say that with me. Help me. Help me. Help me. Holy Spirit, thank You that You're here. You're right here, willing to help, working as much as we allow You to help me. I give You permission. Work on me. Help me grow beyond what happened, what I saw, what I heard, what I experienced, so that I can rise up into everything God has for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, working in me. Now let's lift our hands and worship Him and just thank Him right now that He is working. He is working. He's heard our prayer. He's heard our prayer. He's busy working. And as we just worship God right now, just kind of forget about everything else and just worship Him right now. He's working on us. He's working on us. He's working on us. He's changing things on the inside. Helping us to move beyond. Removing the hurt. Removing the bitterness. Removing the unfairness. Removing the negative things that have held us back in the name of Jesus right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working on us right now. In Jesus' name. Now, now guys, the truth is, you're going to have to do this pretty often. This is not a one-time thing. Remember we said changing the soul is a process. Every time you come to church, during the worship, it's a great time to say, Holy Spirit, just work on me while I'm worshiping God. Just make changes in me. I need help. Okay? I'm telling you, when you give the Holy Spirit permission to work on you, He will do a great work in you. Why does He want to do that great work in you? So that He can change things around you and you can walk in it successfully. Amen? Give God praise. Thank Him for it one more time. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. A couple years ago, they gave me a shirt that said, Under construction, and on the back and said, Till Jesus comes. Amen. And I want to encourage you guys to walk this change out. Any change that you make for God is going to be worth it. 
You're sowing into something that's eternal. Amen. And um, there's going to come a point in time when we're going to stand before God. And He's going to evaluate how we did with what He said. Amen. And uh, Father, I, I just thank You for these guys here this morning. I thank You for this divine appointment, this word in season. This is a word from the Father's heart to us as men. And Lord, I thank You that You will seal this word with Your Holy Spirit. And Lord, each and every day from this moment forward, we're going to walk it out. Say this, say, I'm going to walk it out. Say, Lord, I value your work in me. You do good work. Thank you for working on me. I yield myself to you. My spirit, my mind, my will, my emotions, and my body. My life is yours. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Did you guys enjoy that this morning? I'm telling you, that's some rich, good food. You thought the breakfast was good? That was excellent. And uh, thank you guys for coming out this morning on this Saturday, being part of this special Barnabas group. I uh, want to let you know we'll do, uh, we'll do this again in July. Nelson's going to be leading our group in July. And uh, same time, last Saturday of July, I won't be here. I'll be in Tulsa getting the boys uh, set up. So um, it's going to be a great time. And then we're going to end our Barnabas season in October with our men's conference. It'll be the last weekend in October, uh, Friday night, Saturday morning. And we're going to find out how to be a world changer from a man who's been around the world, my brother-in-law, Cal Steiner. He's a missionary, still a missionary. And uh, he's going to be our guest for our men's conference. And then we take off November, December, and we start again in January. So you'll be getting more information about our conference. It's always been a, a great time. And um, I'm going to have a new book out then, um, Evervescent Joy. I'm working on it now, so that's going to come out then. Uh, but thank you, guys. Have an awesome, incredibly blessed day. And don't forget, you can give an offering as you go. Or if you get home because you weren't able to do it now, just go online and do it then. And uh, God will bless you. Amen. Thank you, Marvin. That was awesome. That was excellent. All right, guys. Have a great, wonderful day.